1: Welcome to another episode of the Family Gamers Podcast. This is episode 353.
0: Oh, it sure is. And that means it's an odd-numbered episode. You know, ever since we switched to this every other week thing instead of every week thing, it it makes me have to wait a really long time to interview someone. So I'm super excited that we get to have an amazing guest on the show. I first met our guest, I think, in person last year at QsCon, which is like our favorite local convention now and uh i feel like we talk all the time now and since then she has changed companies but she is no less awesome i am very delighted to say welcome to the family gamers podcast danielle reynolds how are you
2: i'm so good thanks for having me on the show
0: (laughs) and uh oh yeah us uh we are the family gamers as always i'm your host andrew and i am joined by my lovely and wonderful wife anitra that's me (laughs) so i think we mentioned it is episode 353 I have a fact for you all. This is a nice short one. So okay. normal. there's a couple things. Okay. So when people hear that I need to come up with a fact for a show, they are always like, oh, here's this like random thing. Angel number 353 or like all this really like kind of. Lame. D- default. The word <laughs> like, lame. Uh, and a lot of them is like, did you know that 353 is the area code for blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, well, that's, that's like boring and lame because I feel like I could just like do that every week. And it's kind of like, it's just lame. I like to come up with actually interesting facts. Over this week, 353 is a country code for Ireland. Hey, I was
2: just there.
0: (laughs) You know what? I was burning with jealousy the whole time. Anisha and I are celebrating 19 years of marriage this year. And our plan is to do something fun for 25. And the plan is to go to Ireland.
1: I mean, our plan is to do fun things for a lot of things, but a big plan <laughs> for 25 years is yeah, to go to Ireland.
0: is to go to Ireland. So Ireland has a special place in my heart. I'm half Irish, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that, you know, people from the Boston area say about Ireland. Yeah, all those things. Um. So anyway, so that that's my fact. It's a nice, quick and easy one. 353, the country code if you're calling Ireland.
1: Awesome. All right. We also have a fact from our sponsor. We sure do. As a reminder, First Move is letting us know how they would work with a young family earning a combined $100,000 a year with a net worth of around $25,000 and the goals of buying a home and growing their family in the next few years. While it isn't the highest priority for this pretend client, looking at and adjusting the investment allocation for this client would still be important. We would first go over the risk tolerance and risk capacity. If you're invested in a way that won't let you sleep at night when the stock market is in free fall, then you're being too aggressive. We would also want to make sure that the investments don't have too high of fees, which we may not have much influence over with most of the investments being in employer-sponsored plans. This could also lead to discussions about future savings and making sure we're saving in the right accounts to have some tax diversification and saving appropriately so that the money is available when it's needed without tax penalty. If all of this sounds like Greek to you, all the more reason you should set up a free call with first move financial go to first move family gamers and learn how the team at first move financial can help you pile up the victory points today
0: thanks so much to the team at first move for sponsoring another episode of the family gamers podcast and with that being said it is that time in the show where we talk about some games that we have been playing now Danielle was just texting us before the show because she thought she was going to be late. I'm totally (laughs) throwing you under the bus. Absolutely 100%. She thought she was going to be late because she was playing games. So you you must have at least one. I know, right?
2: I can't believe it. I feel like that's the best excuse to be late to a game podcast because of playing a game. (laughs)
0: Totally fair. I think that's totally fair. fair. Um, But I was
2: on time. Let it be known.
0: You were. You were. You were absolutely on time. And then we kicked you out of the show. But you're back, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you been playing?
2: So yeah, I just came back from playing, a, er, playing Dune Imperium because I was told to give it a shot. I've not actually read the book or watched the movies, but I've been told it was a good game. And I did really enjoy it. And I was so close to winning. But someone got one of those cards that let you spend seven coins to buy a victory point. So like, <laughs> I lost on the last That's- round. For that one reason, but it was super fun. I love deck builders. I love like worker placement games and like building an engine and that was just great. So yeah, that game I played. And then when I was over at Gen Con working at Wise Wizard Games booth, because I worked there as their project manager. We'll get into that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, I was playing a crazy amount of Robot Quest Arena and it's actually become one of my favorite deck builder games. So yeah, the two most recent games i played were deck builder games.
0: Awesome. Great. So, Dune Imperium. Okay. Th- is that the Gale Force 9 one?
2: It's uh, Direwolf.
0: Is, the, is it Direwolf? I don't even know. I think there's yeah. a Gale Force 9 one also. And then there's a Portal Games one. I don't know. There's too many Dune it, games. This
1: it one was Direwolf. It feels like there are as many Dune games as there are Dune books. <laughs> oh,
2: there's a crap ton of books. No way. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> well, they're not all by Frank
1: Herbert either. So, yeah.
2: All
0: right. I don't know. Okay, so so this is Direwolf. I I just I can't keep them straight. Okay, Anisha,
1: what have you been playing? Well, uh, since the last time that we talked on the podcast, we went on our big yearly camping trip and played lots of games. But I finally got a chance to play Pan Am again. It has been way too long. It was so good to play. Mm-hmm. Even though we played the four player version, I say even though four player version is good. It's frustrating, but it's good. I would rather do that than three players. <sighs>
0: Didn't we all think you were going to win, and then you didn't? Or we all th- thought you were going to win by a landslide, and then you barely won or something? That was like a week it, it, and a half it ago. It was
1: one of those two, yeah. Yeah, it, something
0: like that. I don't know. Anitra <laughs> usually wins at games. That's kind of how these things work. So
1: I did, in fact, win, but yeah, it was by yeah. a
2: bare margin. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, the way we talk about Pan Am. Have you played Pan Am, Danielle?
2: I have not, but I do know yeah. what Pan Am is. Yeah. And, and I have the, seen the, the box, airline? but I have not actually played. Yes, the airline. <laughs> sure. Also, I watched the like one season they did of a television series sure. yeah. around it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it's really good. It's deceptively good for a target.
2: Was space. it Ravensburger or Funko? It was, it a Funko, was game. Funko. It was Funko. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's really good. It's it feels very Ticket to Ride-y. Okay. Um, but the thing that I find the most remarkable about it is it plays completely different at two, three, or four players. Like, it just feels like a sure. totally different game. because The two, mechanics are all the like, same, but it, it just... Yeah, yeah, it's the same game, but, like, at two, it's, like, kind of laissez-faire, like, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to do on the board, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Three is, like, really cutthroat. Super like, cutthroat. Just you're constantly fighting for worker placement like
1: there literally aren't enough places to put your workers and then yeah and then four
0: because like the number of little worker guys goes down as the player count goes up so at four players you kind of accept that you're not going to be able to do all the things in one turn so you're just like okay well i'll get halfway there and it's just it feels Hmm. there's less pressure at four than there is at three which is kind of a weird feeling interesting um
1: well it feels like more of a more of a classic worker placement game at four sure. it's just like you're never gonna do everything you have to prioritize okay we'll yeah. Yep, it out. Yep, yep, yep. but yeah at three players it's it's a constant like i'm gonna kick you out of here and you're gonna kick me out of there and everything just keeps getting more expensive as you kick workers out um, because you're basically outbidding the worker that somebody else placed so that gets really crazy Yeah.
0: so it's like a worker placement turns into route building game with, it's not
1: really route building, though. I mean, it kind
0: of is. You're buying like routes, plane routes. Like, <laughs> you're. I mean, you're right. It's not route building in the sense that you're trying to go from one point along a route to another place. Right. That's what I mean. But you're definitely like you're buying a route,
1: place stuff, buying yeah, individual in sections of routes. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. If you want to
0: talk about a route building game? I'll talk about a route building game. Sure. I played Ticket to Ride UK, but not Ticket to Ride Europe. Like, so this this is an interesting one. So, with with Ticket to Ride UK, I think it was. It's like map pack five out of all those crazy map packs that they have. Um,
1: I don't know of our friend who has all. The yeah, rides. our friend
0: who has all, all of the ticket to rides. So this mm-hmm. one's really interesting because the way the game works, you start and you're in England and y- there's a little bit of, of stuff that you can do. But at the beginning of the game, you can only build routes that are one or two trains long. You have to purchase upgrades with locomotives to be able to build routes that are three trains long or four trains long. Interesting. Yeah. And then in order to go into Wales or to go into Ireland or to go into France, you have to buy tickets to be able to go to those places or like passes to be able to build into those locations. So you might get destinations that you can't complete until you invest in a bunch of locomotives to be able to trade them in to buy all these things. And then there's other stuff that you can buy, the other upgrades like... Uh, it's got the normal point spread to so like 1.2 points, 4.7 points for the, you know, mm-hmm, the length mm-hmm. of the routes. But then there's like a booster you can buy. So like all of your routes are worth an extra point or like all this other stuff. So it's it's a really like kind of different feeling Ticket to Ride. Like it, it still feels like Ticket to Ride because at the end of the day, you're still building destinations and doing all that stuff. But it has almost like RPG elements, I guess, in a Ticket to Ride game. I don't know.
2: Okay. Um, interesting
0: yeah but it was really it was really neat because you can totally just pick the way you want to go there's ferries so you would have to buy like propellers so that you could build ferry routes it, it hmm. was really interesting so uh it was ticket to ride UK I don't remember there's there's always two maps right I don't remember what the other one is but we i the UK wasn't one. there so i yep. couldn't say that yep, yep, yep. so was good
1: uh I'm gonna give a shout out to we played some more blob party with your friends <laughs>
0: yes we did. <laughs> awesome.
1: I I really like how approachable this game is. Like, you tell people like, oh, we're going to do a, you know, a word guessing game or a clue giving game. And, you know, like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody's actually giving the clues. And this is just we're all trying to match with each other. Oh, by the way, here's your little piece of Play-Doh. When you match with somebody, you join the mega blob. So, you know, it's funny. I actually helped playtest that. Did you? So, okay.
2: Yeah, I did over like COVID times, which is nice. the most fun time to digitally play <laughs> test party games. But yeah, naturally, yeah,
0: yeah, that game's really good. We play with seven people, the five of us, and then uh, a, couple a couple that, that, that we're that friends we with. We played twice. We lost the first time. We won the second time. And the last one, like there were four blobs when we got the last clue, which was something like weekend and television or something like that. Hmm. And everybody put down Saturday morning cartoons.
1: yeah it was pretty Um, great it reminded me that like a lot of party games this one's really dependent on the group you have and so like me trying to match with our kids is one thing but like strangers trying to match I can match with strangers who are adults or I can try to match with my kids but trying to do something that brings Mm -hmm. everybody together is more challenging Mm -hmm. but not in a way that feels like heavy or overwhelming it's just like oh wait who do I want to try to mm-hmm. sync up with here?
0: It was especially really interesting because this couple that we're friends with, they don't have kids. So like they're a little bit younger than us. Like, so they're like hardcore millennials as opposed to us, elder millennials,
1: geriatric millennials, geriatric millennials,
0: millennials whatever, <laughs> whatever we're called. Zenial. I'm going to go with Xennial. Xennial is less offensive, is offensive to, to me. But great. anyway, I like that. They were squarely in the Pokemon era, right? Like we we're kind of pre Pokemon and and I. Yes. So. Watching them have to figure out how to interact with kids in, like, a game context like this.
1: Yeah, they're not bad at interacting with kids. Yeah, they're, just, yeah like... they're
0: fine. They're fine. But, like, this is different, right? It's not like, okay, you're playing a board game with kids where, like, you have the board game, which is setting the structure, right? It, Blob Party is so open. It's like, oh, crap. I need to try to get in their heads. And for <laughs> like, it's just because they don't have kids. They're like, I don't know, Thomas the Tank Engine. Like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> was, wow. It was funny, but no, it was a good time. Um, I, you know, I put three games on this list. I I need
1: to.
0: All right, I could talk about Mission to Planet Hex, or I could talk about Cape May.
1: Well, we both can talk about Mission to Planet Hex, but I still don't really know much about Cape May, other than the fact that you finally played it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, for the second time. But um, Danielle, do you have you played either of these games?
2: I have not.
0: Okay, all right. So Mission Planet Hex is a very very silly game from. Uh, James Fitzpatrick, what's the, does he have a company name? I don't even know. Is it Move mission rate 20? De- what is it? Move rate 20. Move rate 20. This is very silly. Just imagine just a super like Futurama.
1: Yeah. It's very influenced by like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Both, yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. Stuff like that. And you're both building out a common map that has space hexes and planet hexes. But you also have a hand of cards which might have some of those space and planets, but also have things like aliens, which are special event cards, and objects, which are special event cards, and surprise cards, which are, (laughs) you know, cards that can be played at any time, not just Mm -hmm. on your turn. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a pick-up and deliver game. Like not exactly, but you're picking up these data cubes at planets all around the map. And the goal is to get data and then spend data to quote unquote upload hex cards to your mission file. And when you have all six hex cards that your mission file requires, you immediately win the game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this just very so. much feels like it could have been published by Steve Jackson Games. It's that level of humor. Like it's just very silly and
1: very um, like, like preteen boy. Yeah. yeah kind it's, of thing.
0: It's great. It's just dumb, funny Illuminati Shea Geek style
1: just yeah, hilarity. and like those, it can get a little long in the tooth, but it's entertaining and every game feels very different, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I did not expect when we first picked this up.
0: Yep, so that's Mission to Planet Hex. Um, and then I, I'll talk about KMA super quick. Uh, it's just nice. <laughs> it's, uh, I didn't
1: expect it to be that quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice game. It's It's not really territory area control kind of thing. It's I guess it's kind of area control-ish. I don't know. It's a little pointality. I don't know. It's it's nice. It's I, I don't think it li- like has any shockingly incredible mechanics that I'm just super blown away by. But um, it's, a, it's a nice experience. I really want to play with you, Anitra. We just haven't had a yeah, chance. Yeah, we just haven't had so, a
1: chance. Told
0: you to so. keep it quick. That's Kate May from Thunderworks Games. It's nice.
1: All right. <sighs> well we got through all of that very quickly. Yeah. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? And then it gets to be the all Danielle show.
0: Mm-hmm. All Danielle all the time. <laughs> Can I you handle a it? Surprise on her face. <laughs> uh Oh,
1: <laughs> now we, it, it'll be fine. I promise. Yeah. Nah, all right. Then.
0: We'll be right back. We are both nerds.
1: We sure are.
0: Yeah. And we're proud of being nerds because being a nerd is about enthusiasm for things you like and learning and using your brain no matter what that actual subject is. So this week we're going to talk about a game that does exactly that. Nerd Words Science.
1: Nerd Words is a team-based clue-giving game by Eric Slosson and John Caveu, and published by Genius Games. The box here says it's for 2 to 12 players, ages 13 and up, and it plays in about 40 minutes or so.
0: Well, Anitra, let's talk about the art in Nerdwords.
1: Since this is a word-guessing and clue-given game, there's not a lot of art here. Mm-mm. We've got cards with science words, whiteboards for each team, and a separate one for the clue-giver, a scoreboard, and point trackers.
0: The color choice for the point trackers is a little bit weird. The blue and the black look very similar. And there's so many colors in the rainbow.
1: So let's talk about the mechanics and how you actually play Nerd Word Science. It's obvious from the components here that this is a word guessing game. But it's not as freeform as you might think.
0: The first hint that this game is a little different is that the teams start with six points.
1: Hmm, do
0: I sense some betting? To start the game, though, the clue giver needs to pick a word or phrase off one of their cards, like this. They'll write the number of words, usually one, sometimes two, that are in their science term. Then, they'll have to come up with a clue, like this. Here's the kicker, though. That clue has to start with a letter that's in the answer word, but not the first letter, and not part of the
1: word. Then, the clue giver will secretly bet some number of points that someone try to guess their clue and both teams get to attempt to guess after the timer runs out all of the teams reveal their guesses and the bet that the guessers made in this case i bet zero because i'm not very confident at all if anyone got it right the clue givers team gets whatever points the clue giver bet if nobody got it right the clue givers team loses those points But any team that did get it right gets the number of points on their board plus the number they bet. But, of course, if they bet something and got it wrong, they're going to lose those points. Just the points that they bet, though, not the other ones over here.
0: If no one guesses correctly, clues continue until the fourth clue. If you get all the way down here, that fourth clue must start with the same letter as the answer. Everything else remains the same.
1: Go around the table doing this until everyone has had a chance to give two clues. Then... Whichever team has the most points wins. You can play NerdWord Science with fewer than four players. There's a three-player variation with three teams, each made up of one person. And there's also a two-player cooperative version.
0: So, Anitra, let's talk about what we expected from NerdWord Science.
1: I first heard about NerdWords from our friends at BGE a couple of years ago, formerly Board Gaming with Education. They said it was a great tool for reviewing science terms and really well suited to a classroom setting. So I expected a pretty typical word guessing game like a Pictionary or a Taboo, something with big teams and big clues and just lots of craziness back and forth.
0: For me, my expectations were pretty much the same. It's a word game. (laughs) I should have known better that coming from Genius Games, something was going to be a little bit different. But again, it's a word game. But it is from Genius Games, so there were some surprises. What surprised us about this game?
1: Nerdwords is a way more challenging game than I expected. The restrictions on how to give clues plus the bidding means you're really stretching your brain constantly. The words included in the game span lots of different scientific disciplines, which could be challenging with younger kids. But I love the way that everyone stays involved, All the teams get to guess on every single clue.
0: I actually totally agree on the stretching of the brain part. Even though the requirements that clue words have to start with letters inside the answer word isn't, like, thematically scientific, it does provide a limitation that actually makes sense, that really makes you think about all of the aspects of that answer word. It's a really great educational tool in that way. So, Nitra, do we recommend nerd word science?
1: I think this game would be great for high schoolers and adults, especially in a larger group like a classroom setting, where teams can brainstorm to come up with their words and with their bets. (laughs) The game even includes a whole deck of blank cards so that teachers could customize this to the science words that they're currently working on. I wouldn't recommend the game for kids under 12, though, or for groups of fewer than five players.
0: I agree. This is a great game where the players are really trying to dig into the subject matter. Looking at something from all of its different angles is a really good way to understand it deeply. And it kind of helps with explaining the subject matter at hand.
1: All of the aspects of the word. So, Nitra, what are we going to
0: rate Nerd Words Science?
1: We're going to give this game three and a half nerdy words out of five.
0: And that's Nerd Word Science in, in a, a snap. snap.
1: And we're back. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about all kinds of stuff that Daniel does. Where would you like to start?
0: <laughs> well, so there's a lot of things. I, I think we should probably start with Wise Wizard. That seems like the right place to start since okay. somebody spoiled it for Wow.
2: Oh, okay. so, I didn't know the rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, so you work for Wise Wizard Games.
2: I do, yeah. I'm their new project manager, which basically means I do game development. I work with the manufacturers that are printing our games. I help with like kind of art direction. I do a little bit of everything. I wear a lot of different hats and I show up to conventions and yeah, demo games like Robot Quest Arena or Kapow or any of our other ones.
0: So we just released our Kapow review a couple of days ago. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we like it. So it's a good game. So good job.
2: Yeah I, mean, I think, yeah I i have think nothing to do Pau with it i just showed up
0: before you joined <laughs> yep wise just wizard.
2: showed up and demoed it to people <laughs> made them buy it <laughs> well good job yes thank good you job
0: demoing it so what's your favorite part about working for wise wizard
2: uh honestly just how supportive everybody is like it feels very family oriented in the way that i feel valued as a person and for the like outside many outside things i do but Mm -hmm. they give me full freedom to get my job done. They kind of just hired me. They're like, all right, you basically know what you're doing. We trust that you'll do the thing. And then I show up to the meetings and I show that I do the thing. Like this game is progressing. It's doing better. Play testing the crap out of it or, well, quite a few different games I'm working on, but yeah. So I feel like it's just really nice to have a company that's so supportive. Also they have Pomsky puppies. They actually literally just had a dog that just had more Pomsky puppies. So now there's a new round of Pomsky puppies. So secondary best thing is puppies. Right.
0: Is there going to be a, a puppy at Danielle's house?
2: <laughs> no, God, no. I have three cats <laughs> and I'm also gone a lot. My, I joke my apartment's a cat closet. There is no way. They would hate me if I brought a puppy here.
0: <laughs> but you, you'll, you'll go to them and play with their puppies? Oh my God,
2: party. yes. I'll definitely work in the office. I don't even mind oh. driving an hour and a half to work in the office when there's puppies involved.
0: <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, awesome. So what else do you do? You're involved in Unpub. Do do? Do you want to talk about Unpub?
2: Sure. Yeah. So um I'm on the board for Unpub. I also am like the graphic designer for it. So I'm the person who's dressing up the noodle in different outfits depending on the weather. <laughs> nice, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So Mac and Bluetle are two noodles. Mac is the one for Nunpub, which was the digital one that came out during uh COVID times. And actually is how I got a part of uh, Unpub was
0: oh. oh, it's not it's not a Catholic Public? No. No.
2: No, No, Unpub for anyone who doesn't know. Unpublished (laughs) Game Network. Yeah. So we have mini pubs, not drinking, um, at different conventions. (laughs) And we also have our main one that's in Baltimore area once a year. But basically what happens is designers will pay and sign up for blocks of time that they're going to have a game that they're testing and playtesters can come by, playtest their games for that amount of time. And then there's like a free area or free time where anyone can come over. It's just really nice because like when I was getting in as a designer initially, it really helped me network and meet new people. And like now I just kind of like help keep the ball rolling and help in whatever way I can to like keep things moving. But mostly like Ben and Heather are like the two that are like mostly in charge. And then like me and Tam and a bunch of other people volunteer their time and like go to the different conventions or dress up some noodles <laughs> <laughs> or make some badges. I throw some fun horses randomly into badges, so that's a thing I do. Okay. I love seeing
1: the, you know, unpub table or unpub area yep. at all kinds of conventions and I usually will try to make an effort to go over and you know, try some new
2: stuff and yeah, you never what know what might become it, the next big game.
1: It can be all over the place and Andrew and I have talked before about how when we first got into board game media, I guess that's what this would be called. We Better really than being
0: loved... an influencer. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we really started with doing things like um, the Boston Festival of Indie Games and seeing stuff yeah. where, especially you see this even more with video games, where it's like a parent and a kid being like, I built this video game yep. and you should try it. And there's a lot of that same feeling in the Unpub of like, You're willing to look past all the the ragged edges and things that aren't right yet and see the core of what makes something fun.
2: It is pretty cool, though. But honestly, if you show up, you have anything from just chicken scratch on a napkin or like a piece of paper to very, very beautiful looking prototypes where they got it professionally printed or in my case, I kind of fall in between like I'm a graphic designer by trade. Like I went to school for graphic design and psychology. So even my like crappier prototypes are still fairly nice looking. But it's nice to like see the variation. And it's really cool that we always try to do their like speed pitching, essentially, at every one of our like little unpubs or yeah. And that's like a great way for newer designers to get like about five to seven minutes with a bunch of different publishers that they may or may not know. So worst case, it's like if it's not the right game for the publisher, they at least have now met this publisher, which is going to help them in the future because really like As you both know, networking is such a huge part of this industry. And like, it's really a big part of how I got to where I am now. So I used to sign up for like all the speed pitching events. My first game that ever got signed was thanks to a speed pitching event. So I really like that we have those. We also do kind of like a Shark (laughs) Tank-esque event at a few of the shows, which is really fun, where we kind of just have like three people sitting down. Everyone in the audience gets to like listen to the pitches. And then we get to like respond back and give our feedback. And it's just kind of cool. Like it gives everyone a chance to like witness what pitching looks like. Like actually at Gen Con, I had one of my friends who was a female designer shadowing me um on the Sunday. So I brought her along so she got to see what it looked like to pitch to like Ravensburger versus like a smaller, like independent Canadian French company. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh like here's all this, and this is what it looks like. And Watch Danielle do the zoomies through Gen Con to get sh- or like to show up on time. <laughs> but yeah, so I love Unpub. I love just like the networking, the community, the ability to play test and iterate your game rapidly, especially at the main Unpub. Like you bring your prototyping materials and sometimes you actually come up with a game and play test it and like get it in good shape and pitch it all in the same weekend. Also, publishers tend to walk through there just randomly incognito mode. And I've had a few friends that got games signed just because like a publisher came down, sat down. For a demo, and then was like, all right, I want this game. So it's a great opportunity. Highly recommend people either check it out to play games or as a designer, put your game through the program.
0: So I think we ask game designers, we have game designers on with good frequency. What would you say to someone who is going to their first unpub event with, I don't know, a design or two? And really has no idea what they're doing other than they played this game with their family a couple yeah. times and maybe some friends and they're like, okay, I'm going to go to an event and do some things, but I don't know what I'm doing. What should that person, like, what are the things that they should be reminding themselves as they go to an event?
2: like?" Okay. That? Yeah. So, I mean, as your first time, you're going to come up to the main table and you're going to say, hey, my name is Danielle Reynolds. And they'll be like, great, Danielle Reynolds, you signed up for block A, and they're going to hand you this lovely little sign that has the little dot that'll go up if you want play testers, or you put it down when you don't need play testers. You also get to put the player count, you get to put the name, and it's just a lovely little dry erase board. But on top of that, uh, when I first started, I just had like a little cell sheet in this like little clear plastic holder I could set down, and then I just presented out my uh, game And then you wait for people to come by. But the nice thing is like we do kind of usher people in. A lot of designers kind of take turns like going around. But just like be friendly. Say like, hey, and have like a minute elevator pitch of like what your game is in case someone asks. Because if they're curious, you do a really quick pitch. If they're not into it, just let them go. If they are, be like, hey, yeah, you want to sit down and play? And also know that you don't need to play your own game, like be okay, like giving up a seat so other people can sit down. I always honestly prefer to watch people play my game. So I can take like notes and really focus on the notes that I'm taking. Also, that's a huge thing. If it's your first time, don't be taking notes like on your phone. Try to take it like written notes because it Uh, giving someone your time like as a play tester is very valuable and it's like you need to make sure that you are taking those notes and like being thankful for the time that that play tester is giving and like being on your phone even if you are taking notes it doesn't look great Uh, and not taking notes at all is very a bad idea like I actually went to a proto spiel when I first started out and one of the guys was like aren't you gonna take notes and it's funny because I'm still friends with this dude (laughs) but I was just like I've left my pen and he like handed me a pen. I was like, Oh, okay. And so it was like that. And it was like, it was one thing that after that, I was like, I always carry extra pens because I don't want someone to be all upset with me. It's pretty funny. But um, yeah, like just do that. Be friendly and then be open to like whatever critiques you get from your game. Cause everyone's going to have different opinions and you don't need to change your game to someone's opinion. But if you hear the same thing a few times, then you might need to consider some changes. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense.
0: Have you ever used those fail faster journals? I have a couple of those and I use those for my note taking and I find those to be really useful.
2: Oh, very nice. Uh, I have not, but I know a lot of people that use them.
0: Yeah, they're pretty cool. Cool. You know what? I'm not going to say that I asked that question for me, but maybe I did.
2: I was about to say, are you taking <laughs> notes uh, about what, yeah. what to do I and what not to do? Anyway? I don't
0: have to. This is recorded.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, I can also tell you what my biggest mistake ever made as a new designer was. Oh, please do. Yeah. So I showed up to Gen Con, walked up to publishers and asked, are you taking pitches? That's the stupidest thing you could ever do because they are frazzled beyond heck because Gen mm-hmm. Con is such a huge show. And they rarely have free time. So like make sure to set up those pitches in advance by emailing or Facebook messaging, tweeting, or going to their website and looking at their like submission page or like contact email. Do not just show up and go like, hi, I'm a brand new designer. You have no idea who I am and be like, do you have time to see my game right now? Bad idea. Very bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Unpub is like one of the things that I do. And as we've already talked about, I do design games, which is really cool that wise wizard games allows me to continue to design and develop games outside of my day job. So it's I do awesome. have like contracts with other publishers or I do get to during my breaks at Sage encon get to run around like a crazy person pitching games and hoping <laughs> to get them signed.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: that's cool. Nice.
0: All right. Speaking f-
1: of designing games, mm-hmm. let's talk about some games that you've designed. Okay, sure.
0: All right. So. Well, I mean, we talked a lot about her story. Fair enough. We talked a lot about that when um for you know Women's History Month and of course we reviewed the game mm-hmm. and Underdog did an incredible job promoting it and the game's super fun and we really like it.
2: Yay! I'm so happy. So, I love hearing yeah. that every time.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's good so that happens.
2: Um <laughs> So you want to hear about some of the other games I've made then?
0: Yes, please.
2: Okay. Well here, let's see if I can remember them. I'll I'll just list them off, not in a particular order. But we know her yeah. story. We also have No Filter versus Watch Mojo Top Ten Party Game, eBay Buy It Now, Cluckle, and then I have two games that are coming out this year. Actually, Next month with underdog games that I can't, I can say kind of what they're about, but I cannot say who they are licensed with, but it is a licensed game. Oh, It's going to be about animals. There's two of them. One is a scavenger hunt. The other is a family deduction game that plays in 15 minutes or less, and it's cooperative. Awesome. Yeah. So... Yep. I'm super excited that at the end of this year, I will have eight game credits. Uh, Some, most of them are mass market. So unfortunately, I'm only credited on BGG for them. So I don't promote them as much as I do for like her story or something where you can actually read my name. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of party games like strategy games, because that's kind of the area that I do most of my design in. I do have a few designs that are like two player abstract, like with no uh, chance involved. And then... Hopefully in the future I might actually do a midweight game, but if I do, it'll be with like co-designers because mm. I'm gonna tell you right now, my math chops are not at the level <laughs> of doing a multi-hour uh yeah, midweight Euro game. Mm. I can do ideas for days. The balancing part, I need someone to help me with the math.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with my game. Like I feel like it's it's getting there, but I mm-hmm. really just wanna sign it with someone and let their game development group yeah. polish it up. That's, I
2: totally yeah. understand that.
0: Yeah. So what's yeah. your favorite kind of game to develop?
2: Mm, to develop over design?
0: Develop, design, play test, whatever. But
2: they're all so different. Those are different questions.
0: I know. Well, that's okay. So people hear that we're board game reviewers and they're like, what's your favorite game ever? I'm like, okay, that's not fair. Like, Okay. So not... see,
2: so you're doing the exact same thing to me. You should have learned. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> okay. Well. We're leaving it open and then you can. You How about can this? What is your
0: favorite again? game that you have designed?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, her story definitely has the largest yeah. impact and okay. that's yeah, that's okay. my favorite one. That's one I'm most proud of.
0: Aside. Okay, and, and okay. for good reason. And for good yeah, reason. I, I do I do agree with you that uh, Yeah,
2: it's like hard to compare anything else yes. I do in the future yes. to it. So it's kind of unfair. Um Yeah, um I would say I'm going to answer it a little differently, but the way my brain works, I'm really good at making party games, like coming up with those ideas very quickly and having them work with minor adjustments if any and so my first game that ever came out we made the game in a month like everything (laughs) okay okay including i'm including artwork and hitting print on the manufacturing so yeah and that one's printed hundreds of thousands of copies and it's been in walgreens barnes and noble amazon like no (laughs) filter uh and it's one it's funny because like most people don't know i made it And it's just a conversation game. So it was one that when it came out, I was excited because like no filter is me as a human. It's in a rainbow box. It asks a lot of questions. And uh, because it's not like hobby, I was a little like, oh, I'm ashamed. Like this is a question asking game because like people are kind of they judge a little bit in this industry some days on that side. But then I was like, wait a second. I've like shown up to random people's houses and seen my game. I've gone to, like, I went on a job interview like two years ago or something to Knoxville, Tennessee, to a gay bar. And the bartender asked me, What do you do for work? I said, I'm a game designer. He's like, Anything I know, I listed no filter. And he's like, I got that for Christmas. It's in the rainbow (laughs) box. And I was like, beautiful so like the rest of the world might accidentally have my game it has happened now four times that i've shown up to a random place and found out someone had that game that's
0: so funny so so good
2: yeah Yeah. so that's
0: like i don't know i mean i guess my dreams as a designer are like i just want to see my game on a shelf somewhere one time ever and i'm pretty much set for life like (laughs) I'll take my picture next to it.
2: I know my new one is I want to have like a Gen Con release or something like at a convention because I had eBay buy it now, but no one knew I designed it until they (laughs) got home and opened the box and the rules. And even then how they wrote the rules out uh, because the developers changed a few rules and messed up the credits. But a lot of people thought Jonathan Gilmore made it when he was like one of the developers. He wasn't the Mm -hmm. final one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and later on on Twitter, he's like, yeah, no, Danielle designed this. Like, (laughs) this was not me. So this is the closest I've come. I want like a convention release because I most of my stuff has gone to mass market, which is amazing and super cool to like walk into a Target and see my game. Mm -hmm. But also like I kind of want that thing where everyone's like, oh my God, this person, she's at her booth, like go sign a game with her.
1: Well, I mean, I think her story is going to get you most of the way there.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I I signed copies for that and I've gotten to conventions to promote it but I, I, guess, I like, have
1: seen friends of mine posting on Facebook like I can't believe it Daniel Reynolds is here she signed my copy of her story so
2: <laughs> okay like, I know that lady <laughs> I know I guess yeah I've come pretty close it's just like I want that to be like this is the first time ever you can get this game eBay only three people knew that that was mine. They got a copy and I signed it. And that was like Tanya Thompson from Hasbro, Daryl Andrews, <laughs> and then one of my tabletop gamer officers, Edwin.
0: <laughs> I will take a slate aside to say that
2: I think that Daryl
0: Andrews is maybe one of my favorite human beings in board games.
2: Like- he is great. He's fun.
0: All right. What else? Gosh, what else do you do, Danielle? You figure it out.
2: I was going to say, I mean, I just mentioned tabletop gamers. Yeah. So I am now a director at the time I was officer, but now I'm a director of tabletop gamers. So G-A-Y-M-E-R. And there I specifically do more on the like graphic side. I'm the reason we have like really cute animal pins that are a little gay. Like we had the Okay, well, there are a lot of gay. If we're being completely honest, but um, yeah, that's like one of the things I get to design, which is pretty cool. Like, at every major convention, we release a pin with like Pin Bazaar, and at Gen Con, we had the Displacer Kitty, which was super cute because of the D and D movie we thought going, that was a cute way to do it. But prior to that, every single pin has been like cutesy little animals. Like we had our um, little otters, they were at Origins and they're like in a little rainbow heart and it's called Significant Otter, which is adorable. Uh, <laughs> um, <yep. laughs> yes. And I'm very excited. We have another pin at PAX Unplugged that's going to be debuting and it is adorable. And i don't know it's just like a fun thing to do like i can say like oh i made this collectible pin like not only do i design board games i also do graphics and here are these cute little pins that i have displayed in my apartment because now we've done i do i do all the things i do all the things but um yeah but beyond that the thing that's more important is the organization and what it does and tabletop gamers we are this organization that goes to different conventions to spread awareness in the gaming community for like LGBTQ+ plus. and it's really to create kind of like a safe space and also a way for like other gamers to meet each other. So we try to put on like these gamer nights where publishers will donate games and at different conventions we'll have like a room you can play some games together, get to meet each other and mingle. We also create these Uh, safe space kits that go to local friendly game stores that'll include like ribbons and brochures and buttons and stuff to just kind of like show like, hey, this is a very open atmosphere, like you're not gonna have to worry about having someone say something that might trigger you because that would, you know, be a concern for some people. Like I know that me going to a convention and seeing those like gamer or ally ribbons on someone's uh, lanyard really does help me when I enter like a space where I just don't really know anyone, I'm going to sit down at some game, especially like sometimes party games, you might say something that's going to like trigger a person. But it's kind of cool because you like walk around, you like see someone you're like, Oh my god, we have the same ribbon. Like this is this cool, like we're a part of this club thing. Before tabletop gamers started having a larger and larger presence. It used to be like me trying to find this like secret society ribbon to get my gamer ribbon at conventions. Because before I never knew where to find them. It just like there'd be this person who had an extra one in their pocket and they give it to me. Or now it's like, we are a lot easier to find, like we'll have a booth and we'll have a table um, in like community row or the packs together lounge, which used to be the diversity lounge. Uh, We'll have like an actual room, the gamer room, but it's really nice. And just for the longest time I was working at the booth and I would have someone come up and they would like go to grab the gamer ribbon for the first time. And they would tell me like why this time they're grabbing this over like the ally ribbon or why this time is the first time they're grabbing the non-binary ribbon or the trans ribbon or the like asexual ribbon. And like feeling that connection to these people and having them feel like it's a safe space for them to tell me those things Mm -hmm. is just such Mm -hmm. a powerful feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. And also when I do, we do panels for like allyship or just like being queer or like being a queer designer, I talk about that a lot. And so it's like really nice to be able to kind of be a role model for that space, I don't know if uh, you, Andrew, did you go when all the like kids showed up at Q's Con last year and we did like a panel with a bunch of different people on it?
0: I think I know what you're talking about when like the high school kids came.
2: Yeah, when the high school yeah. kids came. Yeah, I
0: saw that. I, I mean, I I wasn't there for the panel part of it because that was uh, you know that was like a special dedicated high school thing. Fair enough. So I I did see that. It was a thing that existed.
2: Well, okay. So this is like probably the thing that makes me the happiest. Basically, I was on that panel. I was one of two girls, it was me and Katya. And I talked about being a director for Tabletop Gamers and like being queer. And I had a few kids actually ask me questions about like being gay or being a woman and like how that affects me as a designer. And I was very straightforward. I'm like, these are high schoolers. They need to know the reality, the goods and the bads. So I did. And they actually interviewed me later. And I found out months later when I went to the gathering, their teacher was there and he pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, Danielle, I don't know if you remember me. I was like, you were the teacher at Q's And he's like, yes. And I was like, hi, how are you? He's like, I just want to let you know that after what you said at that panel, two of my like students came out to their families. And he walked me through like one was a very positive response. The other was in the process of still working through but like the kid wasn't his own. So that's good. It's a little rocky, like the stepfather's rocky, the mom was on board. Mm. And that just like made me tear up the fact that me being on a panel and talking to these students, just being myself, helped them be able to be themselves to their family. I can't imagine having any kind of impact with what I do and like, I don't know like her story I feel like gives that kind of impact but none of my other games do and like right. me as a designer I feel like that's something I can do is just be myself and show like you can be yourself and if you are queer like this is a safe space and it's not always going to be safe in every space but we can try to make it a little better and that's why I continue to put my free time towards tabletop gamers.
0: I think that makes sense. Yeah. I will say that I think m- one of my favorite things about you Danielle is that I never am wondering what you're thinking. <laughs>
2: I can't hide anything because I talk too much and my face is very descriptive. (laughs) I
0: I mean that like entirely in a a positive way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm very transparent. I know all sides of like what is good and bad and ugly or whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very transparent. I mean, honestly, I want to do more co-design with women, but when you look at it, it's mostly like married partners or they're part of like a big group or they solo design. There's not a lot of like, Female, female designers, mm. unless, yeah, they're like maybe sisters. I think I know a group of sisters. <laughs> um, so most of my well, designers right are now, the men. Only,
1: the only way I'm going to get my name on a game is if I push our teenage daughter through. We're uh, trying through pitching trying. like in her case, I I've played some of her games. And I'm like these are really good, and if you need extra help, I will back you up on this. Yeah. But I'm not really a game designer, mm. and I'm
2: I'm comfortable with that. So what you're saying is, Danielle, co-design with our daughter? No, it's
1: not maybe, even it's, Maybe. I mean, maybe, but,
2: <laughs> but it's mostly, I was just like, look, I know
1: you don't really want to do this with Dad, because Dad is overbearing. So, oh, you can do it with
2: calling me. Out, I love it.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: No, Am I, mean, I wrong? <laughs> It's so funny. No, my dad used to force me to apply to screenplay writing contests as a kid, because he's a screenplay writer. And he like actually makes like indie films he has, I'm actually going to be going to see one in a few weeks at a film festival. And so like, that's a lot of where my creativity comes from. But he pushed me into a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily want to do even though I do have awards for it, but still, (laughs) like I was the creative kid. So I got put into it where my brother and sister, they dance. And so they did that with mom. And then I did the creative writing stuff with my dad.
0: So funny. So weird. I'm going to go be overbearing over here in the corner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me or not, especially when it comes to her. Come on. It depends on the
0: topic. Oh, <laughs> that's really the answer gonna, right are we there. Are really going to do this on the No, but audience? also
2: I do want to play one of her games though. So in the future, well, definitely. Con. Oh, sweet! Yes, let's yes, play so. test some stuff. Yes, totally yeah. down. Make sure she brings things. They'll
0: all come. My game, her games. We should play hers first. Yes. Hers I actually no have offense, a... I'm
2: going to choose hers first. <laughs> I
0: don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. First of all, they're faster. Second of all, they're lighter. Yep. Third of all, they're probably better. Um, she
1: they she don't. still has the three. Ah, uh, probably. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. awesome. I think the one that she really wants to publish the most is my least favorite of the three. But yeah, yeah I, I Everyone's think has got all, different tastes. They're all fun. They're all fun. That's Thank so you. cool.
2: We'll that. I was gonna say, is she on Facebook?
0: Mm-mm. Nope. no, no don't
2: lower oh or is it oh is that not cool anymore i forget my sister doesn't do facebook because she's too cool for it yeah, she's six it, years it, younger it, than me it, she does it's instagram really cool
1: and and we are supremely uncool parents that are uncomfortable with social media for teenagers well I mean, <sighs> that's fair has
0: two or three tiktok accounts and oh my god i think okay. I an instagram account. well okay so she bowled competitively um, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. I was in Indianapolis the week before Gen Con for a bowling tournament. Amazing. So she has like a bowling TikTok. where She like posts TikTok and videos of bowling. And she has like an art bowling, TikTok. And, you know, and stuff like and that. And
1: all so. of these are pseudonymous, let's say. Yes. Uh, okay. Yep,
2: so. yep, yep, yep. Cool.
0: And... I think she has an art TikTok.
2: All right. Well, then for any females that are listening or presenting individuals, I also am an admin for Board Game Broads Plus, which is now called Board Game Besties on Facebook. So I was going to recommend going there. But it's like not just for designers. It's for like hobbyists, influencers, media, whatever you want to call yourselves. (laughs) there (laughs) that's how you're there exactly and we Mm -hmm. it's fun because we get to post like when there's events at different conventions or if there's like a speed pitching event where we want like more female representation like we really try to do that but we also try to like post each other's wins if like someone has a game that just funded or whatever it is it's very supportive um so when she's older and if she thinks facebook's cool down the line. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we'll you're in that group, right? I, that's yeah. what I said. Yes, I'm yeah, in Yeah, she's group. in there.
1: It yeah. is not just game designers.
2: Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, anyone who's listening, please pop in there. I'll you accept go. you as long as you read the instructions and answer the questions. There's two questions; they're very easy. <laughs> Just need to know you're not a bot.
0: Yeah. One <laughs> is Danielle Reynolds the best game designer ever.
2: That's so funny. Um, but let's see. What else do I do? I also volunteer for the Young Inventor Challenge, which I was going to recommend for your kiddo. Have I told you guys about this? I feel like I've mentioned. We talked
0: before. about it. Is this this is at um, Chi Tag? Is it? That- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mary Cousin yeah. Show, Chi Tag, also associated with people. Well, I think now it's technically people of play and then attached to it is the young inventor challenge so like Mm -hmm. just imagine the old school science fairs where you have like the the trifold boards with Mm -hmm. everything like posted on it so yeah it's like the kids have a trifold board has their game displayed they also have the physical game prototype in front and then me and other volunteers that are typically like industry professionals so you have like your podcasters your manufacturers publishers game designers like whoever it is Uh, We'll go by like normally two or three of us are partnered together and we ask questions. The kids get to like do their little speed pitch of it. We rank them and write out notes and they get all that feedback. But also they potentially win games or awards. And the biggest award you can get is actually your game published by one of these amazing publishers like Goliath Games did Chicken Pooh Bingo, which was one of the kids games uh, two years ago, I want to say um and the inspiration for it was just like they lived on a farm and this is like a thing they did as a family is they just like feed these chicken a bunch of stuff so they poop everywhere and they lay out like these huge numbers and it's bingo and so like the kid based like their life and made a board game and it won and now it's the thing you can buy and so it's this really cool thing also a lot of the winners in the past as they aged and grew up ended up getting internships with like spin master or with Survivor, the like television show, like Mm -hmm. really cool stuff like Nick Metzler, if you know him or of him, he's got some cool stories of a lot of doors opening because of the Young Inventor Challenge. So highly recommend. Uh, They also, I think, do things almost yearly now. It's not just in the fall. I think they have like digital things and they might even have a summer camp now. So if you have kids that are interested in game design, just type in Young Inventor Challenge to Google and it's the first thing that's going to pop up. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with this chicken poop bingo thing.
2: <laughs> I know it's amazing. It's so funny. At yeah. I, I, the, the fact that, that, that
0: they did it on purpose to real live chickens, like that's the part that really like, <laughs> I get it as like a game that kids would make. Like I'm there. I'm like, yeah. you know, but I, like adults
2: uh, did it to play bingo. Just the idea yeah.
0: that they really did it. Like, oh my goodness.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, oh, totally. Right. Yeah. So wow. highly I recommend checking I out. I mean, now. you can check that game out too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that you are a sometimes
1: podcast host.
2: Oh, yeah. We should not forget about my actual podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Game Design Unboxed Inspiration to Publication is my podcast that I host. I'm on the fourth season. It is sponsored by All Play Games and is hosted by the No Direction Network, which mostly uh, focuses on Pathfinder, but I am their one like board game show that is on the network. And my podcast is where I ask a game designer to be on it. And I ask them about one specific game, which is the spotlight of the episode, even though they can touch on other games as well. But we kind of go into like where the inspiration come from. How did you play test it? What were the development changes as you went? How did you find a publisher if you were pitching it? Or did you self-publish if you self-publish? Like how did that go? Basically, just like I based the show around one of my favorite Food Network shows back when I was younger, which was Unwrapped. We just kind of like mm-hmm. learn the history of this board game and whatever fun stories come from it. And so I'm very excited to have some pretty cool guests coming on in the future. Like Elizabeth Hargrave is going to be on there. Wow. I have Grant Lyon going to be on there, um, Sen, and a bunch of like more well-known and lesser-known uh, designers. Because I try not to do repeats. So look in the past. Like Daryl is an episode. He talks about Sagrada. Um, and every episode is named after the game that is the spotlight. So sure. I always recommend people cool. find my podcast. Find the games that interest you. And if you like it, subscribe and listen in. You'll see it listed twice. It's listed on its own. It's also listed in No Direction Network. But yeah, so that's my podcast. Cool. And then I also do some mentoring for the Tabletop Mentorship Program, but it's currently on a hiatus because they have too much interest and are trying to restructure to figure out how to best support everybody. <laughs> mm. So yeah, if you're ever looking to like be a mentee or be a mentor, they're doing it for not only game design, but also for like media or publishing or graphic design, rule book editing, literally everything, which is why they need to restructure because there was way too much interest and way too many different things floating around there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. And then I got asked to be on a board of an organization that's coming up soon, which I will talk about once it is more officially written (laughs) on paper.
1: yes
0: all right that is a you lot sound, of things you
1: sound like andrew doing
2: all of the things yes the things.
0: i'm trying to cut back
2: i know you are don't, that's don't what i tell like myself Danielle's
0: trying to cut back
2: look i say i'm going to and then someone asked me because to do that's something step like,
0: one, cool. that's step one right is say because <sighs> i spent a decade saying i was going to.
2: i used to do things for women in games international i don't anymore so that's one that i cut down <laughs> on <laughs>
0: You sound like somebody trying to like purge board games. Like I got rid of one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's. I have a hard time. Like if it's something I believe in and I have the energy, it's like, I have a lot of energy. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I know I'm going to like, I'm going to eventually run out of energy or time or something. But until that moment, I'm going to continue to try to help and work on cool projects and sure. nonprofits yeah. that interest me and yeah. that I think need promotion for are just awesome.
0: Love it.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, much like Andrew, you'll keep
2: doing that. I said no to this one thing, and then yep. yes to these two things. Well, I said things. no.
0: That cleared up time. So okay. I said no thing. to helping
2: start a development company, so that's there something. Granted, I continue to give them contacts, so I still kind of promote them for free. <laughs> I know. I have a hard time saying no.
0: Well, Danielle, if people want to contact you and try to get you to help them with their thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I should not have talked about this. Where (laughs) where can they find you on the internet? So you can find me online on Twitter, Blue Sky. I just got an account there. And then Instagram as token gamer so g-a-y-m-e-r so mm-hmm. you could follow me especially if you're into like game design stuff i post on my story constantly you'll see like how i'm developing games how i'm designing how i'm prototyping you'll see my cats and also my traveling so yeah, that's I live a fun vicariously place for your
0: travel i'm not yeah i enjoy your cats
2: yeah see there's a little bit of something for everyone mm-hmm. uh and then you could go i have a website dmrcreativegroup.com i kind of keep it up to date or follow my podcast on anywhere you follow podcasts. So like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those. Just Game Design Unboxed. And yeah, so those are different ways you can find me. And if you want to reach me, just like probably use one of those ways. There's like a contact <laughs> fill in the form box or my email. I'm pretty responsive. Sweet. Yeah.
0: All right, Anitra. You know the drill. How can people find us?
2: All right. Well, uh, let's start with the social media. Uh, sure.
1: We're on Facebook and twitter or x or whatever it's called now i don't know sorry x it's uh, whatever
2: you still go to <laughs> twitter.com. i don't care i don't uh, know if it's just you or like if it's just me but literally when it pops up on my watch i am afraid that i opted into a site i shouldn't have opted into <laughs> like this dark axe in the blurry picture Mm-mm. yeah you know
0: it's it is weird it's super, it's weird.
2: super weird i hate it
0: anyway um, we're on x so yeah you're yeah, on x
1: what, whatever it is we're on it also instagram and tiktok and YouTube. And at,
0: threads. Don't forget threads. Oh, and,
1: and threads. That's right. Well, it's not in my list because I can't link to it because it doesn't have a website,
2: <laughs> uh, only an
1: app. But we are on threads as well. And all of those things are at FamilyGamersAA.
0: You can yes. also find the Facebook community because we are still of the age where Facebook is acceptable. Just go to Facebook and search for the Family Gamers community, or you can go to thefamilygamers.com forward slash community. It'll bring you right in. We have lots of people in the family gamers community who talk about gaming with their kids, asking you know questions, trying to get advice, sharing the games they've been playing, all sorts of stuff like that. It's a really great place to go. The chats that are in there are also pretty good places to talk about all sorts of
1: different family gamers related. things. Um, I'm going to tease that there's going to be something new in the for science chat very soon.
0: There is. We mm-hmm. have. I think two things teed up
1: for four science. I, I think we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we're going to double up next week or what. I have no idea. All, we're
1: Aldi be. is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to weird food. <laughs> apparently. That's true. Aldi has oh. weird food. <laughs> Not bad food, just weird food.
0: All right. Well, you can also email me, Andrew at family
1: You can email me, Anitra at the family
0: Please don't forget to check out our family gamers and play games with your kids merchandise. We've got t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and more we got stickers we got die cut stickers for the family gamers we have the logo and we also have a really cool sticker that says play games with your kids they're both totally awesome and i love them and we're gonna have them at conventions yeah so please don't forget to uh, subscribe to the show because um what we're doing is awesome tell your friends about it tell them that what we're doing is awesome and uh leave us a review at apple podcast or whatever your podcast subscription source is we are still running a contest you have a chance to win a complete set of the Holiday Hijink series from Grand Gamers Guild. Have you played any of these, Danielle?
2: So it's funny. I have one literally on my desk, the Halloween one, and yep. I really want to play it. I just got to find someone who's willing to play it with me.
0: You could play it alone. It's You can manage. I don't
2: want to. I don't like playing solo games. Okay, I like people. Right, and yeah. That's fair. Come on. Do you that's know fine. me? I'm <laughs> social beyond belief.
0: <laughs> but, but anyway, so you could win a complete set of all of them. Leave us a written podcast review on whatever it is that you listen to your podcasts on. And then shoot us an email, andrew at the family gamers.com or Anitra at the com, and let us know where we can find your review. And as long as we can actually find it, you're <laughs> entered into the contest to win a complete set of those. Thanks so much to Mark over at Grand Gamers Guild for sponsoring that.
1: Speaking of sponsors, one last shout out to First Move Financial, who has been sponsoring the Family Gamers for, I, I don't know, like three and a half years now.
0: An incredible, an incredible amount of time. And we really appreciate it. Yes.
1: You should go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers and learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points.
0: All right. Well, that's a show. Danielle, thanks so much for finally stopping traveling long enough that we wow. can sit you down and record a podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nope so happy to finally be here this is awesome and we're gonna hit our friend anniversary soon Celebrating celebrated uh, <laughs> it's gonna
0: be awesome i'm really looking forward to q's con, like a lot i really need it mm-hmm. badly yeah so same. um because i have not gone to a single convention this year and it's kind of like killing me
2: that's not true we went- that's a lie i saw you at pax east i, I literally mean, handed we you went a
1: board game i mean and we went- okay and we okay. went to tantrum con
0: Oh my! Yeah, God. I,
1: I saw did. you
2: there too, dude. A
0: I feel like I haven't been to a. Se- okay, I no. met you at TantrumCon okay. because yeah. both, both Origins and Gen Con happened, and I wasn't at either one of them. And I feel like so you're feeling left gone. out. I, I it's do, okay. I feel very left out.
2: I get it. I I'm do. Still, but
0: okay, <laughs> and I will I will own it, and I won't even edit this out of the show. Amazing. As that, as I not. love it I'm so much. Sorry, I, it's just been too long. It's been too long. What other excuses can I come up with?
2: Six um, months is a long time.
0: I really want to go to the gathering. I I want this to happen someday.
2: Someday I can't help you because I, you I apparently need five years before I'm I can nominate anybody. <laughs>
0: I am, I'm very yeah. I've I'm in I'm deep in negotiations.
2: Also, we know that I would choose a girl, but hey, I, I would choose her, you. You and should. then you'd the you'd be the cute side piece that gets oh, to go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like that's. That's how you get in.
0: I know. I get it. I get it. I'm working my angles. We'll see. Someday. Someday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, everybody out there, you're probably not going to be going to the gathering either. But you will hear another episode in about two weeks. So until then, everybody.
2: Ladies your your kids.